Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Pittsburgh Current Podcast. I am Pittsburgh Current editor and publisher, Charlie Deach, back from uh, my uh, sojourn to uh, Florida last week, um, where it was uh, 30 degrees. So I'm, I'm glad I got to uh, go south for, for a little while. Um, we got a good show today. We've got our guest, Derek Minto of the Burning Bridges Comedy Festival and the Burning Bridges Comedy Club. Um, we're going to talk about that upcoming festival as well as uh, we're going to talk about uh, comedy. We're going to try and make it, I'm going to try and make it as dry as possible. He try and makes it, makes it as funny as possible, but we'll try and do our best. Um, before we start, however, uh, we want to tell you that the drinks issue of the Pittsburgh Current will be out on Tuesday. Um, as well as you can still find our most recent issue on the street. It's our tribute to um, the late, super great Jimmy Svetic. Um, uh, if most of you, a lot of people know who Jimmy is. And if you, even if you don't, it's, his is a good story to read. So, um, and to check out. So, um, check that out on stands now. And I also want to tell you about, um, March 23rd, we have the raise a glass bar crawl. You can come celebrate our drinks issue with the Pittsburgh current crew. I will be there somewhere. I'm like, where's Waldo? Find me. And, uh, maybe I'll buy you a drink. Maybe. Um, that's March 23rd. We're going to be uh, winding our way through Lawrenceville. Um, and uh, it's uh, the time is TBD, but I believe it starts at at, at four o'clock, I believe. But we'll we, you can check our website, PittsburghCurrent.com, for all those updated information, as well as the participating uh, locations in the um, in the bar crawl. So as I said, my guest this morning is Derek Minto, um, the very funny Derek Minto, comedian, uh, business, uh, what do you call it? entrepreneur, comedy entrepreneur? In a, in a sense, in a sense. <laughs> I have a lot of titles. We don't need to go through all of them. Right. What's, so. what's, 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 your, what's, the, what's the title you're most proud of? Oh, man. Oh, dude, that's like a, that's a really great question. Um, hmm. Hmm. Probably comedian still. Comedian? Yeah, probably still that. Like, to be able to call it a professional comedian, that's pretty spicy. How long have you been a professional comedian? Uh, professional? Wow, good God. <laughs> uh, like, since October? <laughs> uh, that's happened a couple of times. Sometimes yeah. I lost a job, and I'm like, guess what? I'm a professional comedian, everybody. <clears throat> um, no, uh, it, it, I have considered a couple of, Up until, basically, I think it was really December, uh, I I left my day job and like this is all I do now. Right, but you've been doing this a long time. Oh yeah, you've been, you've been at this a while. Yeah, I uh, I've been doing stand up for uh, almost nine years now, like eight nine years, right around there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was like it, realization like hit me like when I saw a picture from like you did stand up nine years ago. I'm like, <gasps> oh no, oh man. So do you, how what what kind of what kind of uh, what's the final step for you that made you just decide. Was it just tired of like looking for other like you know trying to balance both or what was the final decision maker? I, I was fundamentally unhappy working. And yeah, the comedy was the only thing that made me happy. Yeah, uh, I only worked a day job to support my comedy habit. Right, like that's <laughs> right. the only thing. That's the only reason I did it. My bosses knew it. They knew I. It's not that I didn't care. But I actually really enjoyed a lot of aspects of my day job. I just it didn't work for me. I'm not good at waking up. I'm not good at being an employee. Right. I'm an awful and I'm like the worst employee because I'm charming enough to get away with a lot of stuff. <laughs> right. And I like, I made everyone laugh. Oh, all my clients love me. You can't fire right. this, this handsome chubster. What's it? Where's he going to buy his sandwiches? You know? Right. Come on. He's got a drinking problem, but he smells good when he comes in. He uses the right combination of scents. Like, 
Uh, no, my I love I really liked my last job, and I like my bosses were great, and they were they were supportive of me for the, as much as they could be. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, there's definitely a couple times where I was like, "Yeah, I'm really sick." They're like, "Okay, we know this guy's not even in the state right <laughs> yeah, now. You're, you're in Buffalo." <laughs> oh yeah, I used an incredible amount of sick time in my job to go places. So what is what is the best way to call in sick when you're not sick, and what what do you use in terms of uh, what's what's your go to symptom? You, I, I my go to would be to text one boss and tell them to uh, tell the other boss. Mm-hmm. And by that point, that boss who's very super strict on having me call in, right? Rather than having me do that, he just said I he got told me rather than. Because he doesn't understand how text message in there, so they're like, "Oh, this guy called in. Are you confused? Good, because my first boss is, and that was the point. Uh, I just wanted to confuse them uh, as much as I could, and that usually worked. Yeah, uh, I tr- avoided talking to them at all costs. Yeah, but I was very good at it. Yeah, did you have did you have a voice? Did you have the whole? I mean, do you do the whole hello boss or whatever? Todd, yeah, I can't come what, in this today. This is what I do. This is yeah. what I would do. I, I would put my hand in my forehead, mm-hmm. and I would lay on the side of my pillow. Mm-hmm. So you make your voice. Kind of already sound like this, and you just you close your eyes, and you just think about being sick, and like yeah. how much that sucks. And you just go, "Hey, hey, Mart, it's Derek. Um, listen, man, I woke up about an hour ago, and I, I had this awful migraine, and I'm, I'm pooping everywhere. So I'm, I'm not going to be in today. I just want to let you know. All right, I'm going to go. I love you. Bye. You know, say you yeah. love you too. That always right. like puts them like in a weird place because they, they either think you love them or you're delirious with a fever. Yeah. That's, right. That and like out. you can totally deny it later. <laughs> right. Or then if you really want to throw them off when you come in the next day, be like, there you go. <laughs> so actually this is a real good, a good way to get fired for sexual harassment. Ignore everything I just said. <laughs> Don't do any of that last part. That's a really bad idea. Oh man! Oh yeah, yeah. Maybe stay away. From, stay away from the blowing of the kiss. Or yeah, the, don't do that. That's that's um, not cool. That that was never cool. I'm sorry. No smack on the fanny unless you're actually no, a sporting, whoa, event, whoa, a sporting whoa. event, right? I don't even say the word fanny anymore. All right? <laughs> Why did I say the word? Fanny? I don't know. It was, kinda, <laughs> it was amazing though. But I, you know, I always turn. I, I have friends who say as long as you say good game when you slap somebody on the ass that it, it's it's legal. I yes, guess, I, I do believe. I think that is true, but I don't, they don't let me in the locker rooms anymore because I'm not good at sports. <laughs> So. Well, what was what was a young Derek Minto good at? Were were you? And I hate the question like, were you the class clown? Were you? Uh, you know, most of the time. Yeah, uh, most of the time. It was the only. It was the only way I knew how to like protect myself from people. Right. I think. Like uh, I was. I, this is really. This is like a really weird thing. When I was a kid, I. This is how I remember it. The first time it was funny. This is super embarrassing. Kind of gross. Right. Uh, I was. I was in first grade and. Mm. I was literally at the board and I had to go to the bathroom really bad. And I was like too embarrassed to ask. So I just pissed my pants. Sure. Uh, and I did it while I was working at the board. There was like 12 <laughs> students at a time. So I go back to my seat. My teacher like literally steps in a pile of yarn. And she's like, all right, wow. I know how I'm going to do this. This is a Roman Catholic institution. What are we going to do? Let's shame them. So she brings me up to the front of the classroom. And there's just, you know, yeah, hot spray of urine all over my pants. <laughs> and... Everyone's like teetering, you know, that giggling, right. like, yeah. like, and my teacher's like, uh, Derek, could you explain to me uh, what happened here? And I'm like, uh, clearly that pipe broke over there and sprayed all over my pants. You gotta, that was, it was awful. It was awful. And everyone laughed at that. They didn't laugh yeah, at me. Right. And I was like, oh, I should do this all the time. Yeah. So that's how that happened. Yeah. Uh, no, I mean, as a kid, I, I was really interested in film. I loved the outdoors. I was an Eagle Scout. Uh, I was a really good kid. I didn't do any drugs or alcohols. 
Uh, I mean, I got a little drunk at like family dinners, but right. I thought that was what you were everyone was supposed to do. So I didn't think it was, I didn't really think it counted. You got the Catholic school upbringing that uh, kept you on the straight and narrow. Oh yeah. No, that didn't help at all. I renounced my religion by the time I was in ninth grade. Like I was on top of that. Right. Like you the knew. day after I was confirmed, I'm like, I'm out. <laughs> I got a lot of fights with teachers. I didn't particularly care. For, I mean, not like physical. Right. Like, I wasn't that kind of kid, but like I would ask about stuff and they would, wouldn't have good answers. Uh, right. or they would, they, they, I don't know. They were just, they weren't great. Like one of them was a bouncer at one of, like the local bar called ghost riders. One of your teachers. Uh, yeah. One of my Catholic Sunday school, school teachers. Oh. <laughs> uh, one of my, eventually I transitioned out of Roman Catholic school okay. to public school, but I still had to keep going to the CCD program right. at the same school, which was like 45 minutes away. So that was a total dick move mom. <laughs> uh, and I just, the teachers were awful. Right. Like some, of, no, I take that back. Some of them were really good. And some of them were just so bad. I was just like, I don't want to be part of this. <laughs> like they said, lots of night. Anything, anybody who wasn't a Roman Catholic had a word for it. It was either like pagan. And that was just like, that was the nicest word that right. he had. Everybody else was a series of words I'm not repeating. Uh, he was awful. And I'm just like, what? Are we supposed to love people? Is that like the whole point? Like, you know, love uh, brothers and stuff. Wow. So... <laughs> I don't even know where to go from there. Yeah, I know. Me too. Um, yeah, well, you did. You you went yeah. to public school and uh, yeah, public school's dope. No, so better. did you feel like you needed you needed the your your comedy chops even more? Or like in public school, was that a bit of a? Uh, no, kids are mean no matter where you go. Right. <laughs> right. Uh, I mean, I was always I was always a little chunkster. Right. Uh, and I was always very body conscious. So to me, in my mind, I was always even fatter than I actually was, which right. is like really annoying to figure no, out yeah. way later <laughs> right. when you're like. Oh my god, I was kind of handsome shit. Yeah, you look back at your high school pictures like, holy crap. <clears throat> like, why was I in fat camp? I, yeah, I didn't like look why, so bad. my own personal right. fat camp <laughs> right. that I created in my mind, which is way worse because right. there's no giant slide in. There's no yeah. tomfoolery going on with all the other camp counselors because right. of my fat camp. <laughs> None of that whatsoever. Just me being like, you're ugly. Yeah, you look back at those pictures and you're like, everyone was like, you have to lose. You look at, like, Jesus, if I just did a couple of push ups or maybe I, you know, I walked a couple of more steps a day. We probably wouldn't be in this. I just had that thought early. Like that's yeah. what happened. Like right. I, I was just, I was like, oh, people could have loved me, and I just, I was dumb. Yeah. So eventually, I learned, I learned better. Like I don't care at all now. Like I, just to put perspective, like I was embarrassed. Like in the locker room, like I con, I put on oh, my shirt real quickly. Yeah. Like, all that stuff. Like why I'd go swimming a lot of times to wear a shirt. Not always, but if I was my friends, I felt right. okay with. And then, like, just to put in perspective, how much I don't give a crap at all anymore. On two Fridays ago, I played William Howard Taft, America's fattest president. And two things. One, someone said to me that I wasn't even fat enough to play Taft because wow. Taft was even fatter than me, which made me feel really good about yeah. myself. Uh, but two, uh, the point that I'm really getting at is I had to shave this dumb mustache uh, into my face, which is ugh, not good. <laughs> okay, there we go. Look right into the camera. Uh, but that when I did... Like the whole thing, I was on stage basically butt naked the entire time in a like a fake bathtub I made. <laughs> uh, and you could never, there's no way you could have convinced 18 year old me to ever do something right. like that. So That's amazing, yeah. So it's been a big trip. I've grown a bit <laughs> as a man. I'm more willing to show off the uh, the crowd pleasers. <laughs> you know, 
I, oh, I know. Believe me. I actually wait just, I was just 190 until yesterday. And oh, then, yeah? That's yeah, crazy. I had ice cream last night. And I was 190 boom, like in seventh grade, I think. I don't know. That was a good time. Yeah, my dad's favorite joke. What, 190? That your left leg? Oh, <laughs> oh, dad's dick. <laughs> You got a dick dad too. <laughs> Same with me. Oh yeah, dick dads. <laughs> um, yeah, dick dads threw me off into a dark place now. So I got yeah, to try and get back actually. on track. Yeah, is, what is it's fine. I'll just we'll, just, we'll just stay in silence. You were this. you were you were into you said you were into movies um, as well as were, were you a stand up comedy fan as a young? Were you watching? Oh yeah, yeah. Well, it was the it, so like when you're a kid, you don't really know a lot about how comedy works or anything yeah. like that. You're just like. So, like, when I started doing stand-up comedy, like, really, like, I did a couple times in high school, then I went to college and found out about drugs and alcohol. Right. And then I was like, oh, I should do stand-up because I hate my day job. Right. I should try this out. See, and I was like, okay, I'll take, it'll take, like, what, like, two weeks, (laughs) and I'll start doing open mics, and probably a month I'll be working at the club, and then probably I'll, club, I'll be working there a couple months, and I'll probably, I'll just have to move to New York because they're paying me too much money. Yeah. So I'll go to New York where I'll be making my real money. Right. And then probably like six or eight months after that, I'll have my Comedy Central special. Yeah. Yeah. And so I was like nine, 12 months tops. Right. That was what I thought was going to happen. I'm like, no. Like when I was a kid, I'd only form of comedy I knew about was stand-up. Right. Like I was like, oh, I thought everyone on SNL was a stand-up comic. That's not true. Some right. are. Right. But a lot of it comes out of either improv. Uh, that's a huge part of it. I also like smaller sketch scenes like in different cities. Uh so I, that's all I knew. So th- when I was in high school, like it became a natural thing that I wanted to try stand up, uh, and then I got kind of forced to in a talent show. And how'd that go? Good. Uh, not the very first time when I had like <laughs> so like I I was really I had really I'm really bad at math. I'm yeah. Awful at math. Like I'm like a C minus student always mm-hmm. in math. Just not it's not my thing. <clears throat> so. Uh, I was in chemistry and I really like, I really like science, but I hate chemistry. You know, I, I'm mm-hmm. bad at the math. Part. Yeah. So this teacher, Mrs. I think bought, I think it was, I can't remember. No, I don't remember what for sure it was, but, uh, she basically hosted the very first like high school talent show. And she's like, blah, blah, blah. And yeah, and students be it, you know, that might help them out in the class a little bit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. And I'm like, Oh, okay. She's like, Derek, you should come and you should do stand up comedy or something. And I'm like, oh, okay, I guess that's what I'm doing. <laughs> uh, but it was kind of, you know, it was kind of someone forced me to do it a little bit. Right. She's like, you're funny. Go up and do that. So I wrote this awful stand-up act. Uh, and then I had to, like, I had to audition it in front of, like, a room full of, like, the high school equivalent of Stepford Wives. <laughs> like, just this legion of blank-faced, pale girls just staring through, you're piercing every part of your soul. Like, you're just like, oh, man. So I, I the only two jokes I remember were, uh, I think they were both about rap. Uh, and one of them was it, you can do it, put your back into it. And I'm like, if I put my back into it, I'd be like in charge of a lot of stuff. That would be like, I could do it pretty much anything. And then, uh, there was another one was, I'm trying to remember, uh, was, uh, I don't remember what it was. Either way. It was yeah. awful. It was all, it was all, they were, they were awful jokes. What was your source material back then? Was it, uh, uh, it was it was like that and like I don't even remember. I remember I talked a lot about rap and music. Yeah. Uh, I don't even know a ton about rap, but I like liked rap. So I was right. like, this will be cool. It went awfully. Uh, they told me to write something, <laughs> like probably try something else. And so I completely rewrote it. My friends helped me. I talked to them and then I wrote. I just wrote about like I talked about like Boy Scout stuff I did and like funny stories. Right. And I sang a song at the end. I took from Bob and Tom, <laughs> uh, the song uh, Toast. 
I don't know that one, but yeah, they they, they had did a lot of those uh, those parody songs. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. was it was all those on TV when I was a kid. And I'm like, oh, well, this is what comedy is. You end with a song, <laughs> you know. I know how to sing songs. I was a Boy Scout. They do a lot of songs, singing. right? So I sang a song and I got second place. Wow! Yeah, I got beat by a lady who threw a baton. Did she catch it every time? I I hope so. Yeah, because that me. would suck if she had. Yeah. Like, you can't give you can't give a baton thrower one like one drop. I mean, that's you got to yeah. you got to run that clean to I think to win. Yeah, absolutely. Personally, but um, so who who did you watch stand up wise? Did you were were you when you were younger? Did you uh, was there anybody that you kind of looked up to in terms of that's the kind of comedy you wanted to do or? Uh, I mean, there's lots of people I liked and admired. Like, it was just a constant thing. We just constantly turned it on when we were kids. Yeah. Like, it was, like, uh, the first obvious thing that I think a lot of, like, kids like me, like, would probably say is, like, Chris Farley. Like, yeah. That is, like, the right. quintessential, yeah. like, hey, it's the fall through tables for a money. Right. Yeah. Like, it was always funny uh, in every part that he had. And he, like, he was, like, it was easy also to like look at him like and see him in his best light because by honestly by the time I was a certain age like he already had his own like best of SNL special I right. think it was, right, it was like right after he died yeah and they've cut that thing together and I've watched I've watched that special probably like twenty times right like I love it I can tell you probably almost the order of what's it. what's your favorite what's your favorite what's your favorite Farley sketch it's it's not even a far it's it, there's two moments that I find particularly hilarious yeah. from that. Uh, one is the one where he's playing like Don DeLuise. Yes. <laughs> and they have these pies and it's Johnny Carson. And this thing, I watched this DVD probably like 20 times before yeah. I realized that Chris Farley is just peeing his pants during it. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> that's a weird theme that's coming up in this podcast. Right. Yeah. Uh, but they're just slamming pies on each other. It's just so funny. And the other one is when he's running up these stairs in this like alien sketch and his pants just fall down <laughs> and it immediately cuts over <laughs> to Dennis Miller. And Dennis Miller's like, well, I think we just saw the new guy's ass tonight. Uh, it's so good. Yeah. Because uh, one of the, it's like Dennis Miller, which is cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I always, yeah. I, I, I loved SNL Dennis Miller, yeah. you know, political Dennis Miller. Oh, let's not talk about that. Let's that's, pretend that Dennis Miller, Monday yeah. Night Football Dennis Miller doesn't exist. Oh, I didn't mind him on there. But my favorite Chris Farley was, um, I mean, it was it was the, the Chippendale sketch with Patrick Oh, Swayze. my God. I is mean, that good? That's like, and everybody points like, you know, the van down by the river stuff. But that's that's just because when they're expl- when they're explaining to him about why he didn't get, he's just kind of very, you know, just gone. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, that sounds right. And then it was it's it's my favorite. Yeah. That was like if I had to pick one one absolute sketch, it's definitely the like the Sanka sketch. Yeah, right. I don't even remember if it's Sanka or what if it's a parody yeah. of Sanka. I didn't even understand what was happening right. when I watched it as a kid. Cause like sometimes the references you're just like, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what this is, but just him losing his mind <laughs> right. and then just beating him again in the way <laughs> that's hot. Like it's just really well put yeah. together. Like that's one of the things that's like, it's nice that they still incorporate is they have like some like pre tape segments so they can like play up the more cinematography. Right. They can play on different parts because usually most of the time SNL is relatively flat the way right. it's shot, which it has to be. It's live sketch comedy. Like you're basically <sighs> shooting as like a two camera. Right. Uh, which makes perfect sense, uh, but it's always nice to have a variety in there. Right. Um, so what made, did you ever, I mean, and maybe you do some now, did you, did you ever think about getting into like, to like sketch comedy improv stuff or have you done some of that stuff? Oh yeah. I've done yeah. it all, baby. <laughs> oh my God. I did. I did improv for like four years. I still do sketch. Yeah. Uh, no, I love sketch comedy. Sketch comedy. Uh, improv's great. I love improv. Uh, but at a certain point I just, I was, I got what I wanted out of it. Like, yeah. I, I primarily did it to become a better stand up and a better writer. Right. And that's what I got out of it. Like, right. 
I felt like after a certain point, like improv is like super fun to perform. It's nice. You don't have to prepare anything. You just go up there and do it. And hopefully with a group of people you'd like doing it with. Right. And you're just playing adult pretend. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so you just make up all kinds of crazy crap and you have a good time. And sometimes you don't do it well. And then you feel bad about yourself, right. which is weird because you shouldn't <laughs> feel bad about imaginary stuff. But anyway, uh, no, the reason I like sketch is because sketches, I feel very much the merger of stand up and improv. Mm-hmm. Like you get to write out the material. You can it's, it's about writing. It's about punching up things. It's about working. And the thing that's also great about it, that stand up and stand up, the thing that's kind of annoying and great about it is that all the burden of responsibilities on you right when you go on stage like so right for you this but when you go on stage it's you mm-hmm. that has to go up so if when you you kick ass right you know at stand up and you kill it's all you right like you get all of that also you get all that money which is cool you don't have to right. split it up with the band <laughs> with improv you know the thing that's great is you can rely on other people and you can build each other up and it's a communal act uh, like improv is very much based in theater, while like stand is very much based in rhetoric. So way to think about it. Uh, so you have these two things, but then like sketch is like very much in the middle of that because you can take a lot of the principles of both of them. You get to work with people to make the best jokes possible. Like you can create, you can people can bring characters to life that you as a person might not be able to. Uh, and by working together, I feel you can kind of synthesize like a better act. Like, right. Or a better routine. I, I love doing sketch. I have a sketch group called Secondhand Sketch. Uh, oh, right. Yeah. And I uh, love uh, performing with them. Uh, as most of the time, I was just sitting around and have really bad sketch ideas. <laughs> and we most of the time don't do them. But sometimes we trick ourselves into doing right. some of them. Uh, but it's fun. It's like a bunch of like-minded people. Yeah. Uh, we all like the same stuff. Was there, was, there, was, there ever, was there ever a sketch that you were sure was a, was a bad sketch that turned out to work or does it not, does uh, not work that way? You oh, don't get that's lucky. interesting. Oh, wow. A bad sketch. Because I'm sure you have some that you thought was going to kill that maybe didn't, but have oh, you ever, yeah. did you ever have one that you were like, oh, I don't know, but it went out and it, and it, uh, there's a sketch, uh, where, um, it was, oh man, this was, okay. <laughs> 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 this was, this was so like, when we were early on, we didn't, we were, I don't know how this kept happening, but the one guy in our group, uh, kept uh, just booking us shows like very quickly. And like, we just be like, oh, all right, we got to do other shows. So, like one year we did like seven shows, which is a lot for a sketch group. Yeah. Uh, and so we were just constantly producing sketch this one year. And at one of them, we had this like through line. It was called the time traveling lunch lady. Uh, <laughs> and basically <laughs> what it was, uh, was it started out as this lunch lady gets stuck in an oven uh, at the school and then she travels through time and the students start finding out right. that they're like, she's in our history books and we're like, Oh my God, the lunch lady strap. So then they climb into the oven and then uh, it turns out everyone's just dying of gas poisoning uh, as they go into the oven. They're just having this massive hallucination. Uh, this is the way it was originally written. Right. And then we, we kind of changed around and we made it like a, there was a serial killer student uh, and all this. It was really, really dumb. Yeah. The only thing we, and, I was like, I was so like the late, like the last scene is like this girl who's clearly the murderer and this like really dumb boy who's been tricking everyone to get into this oven right. to travel through time. Like they're like, but na- he's but- almost like butt naked. And this, she, every single time the lightning comes on, like, right. Supposed to be dramatic and film the war, <laughs> you know, she would just slap him. And when they went to go really do it, I was like, no, you have to really hit him now. Like, that's the only way this scene's going to be even kind of funny. <laughs> 
And I was just saying this mostly because I thought it would be funny. Uh, no, I wasn't 100% sure it'd make the scene better at all. <laughs> right. Uh, turns out it did. Uh, so it kind of worked. So I, I uh, but no, that sequence went way better than we thought it would. Like, yeah. we spent a lot of time in a very short, well, like in like two weeks, we wrote that show like four or five times, like completely. Yeah, that seems like a, there are a lot of, a lot of elements and yeah. twists and turns uh, in that, that. By the way, it still probably wasn't very good, but I think people were just being amused watching this guy get the <laughs> shit slapped out of him. I'm not 100% sure, but. You are listening to the Pittsburgh Current Podcast, uh, which sometimes feels like you're getting the shit beat out of you, um, I'm sure. But uh, most of the times we, we we try and do a good job here. We are talking to Derek Minto. He is a stand-up comedian as well as uh, one of the founders of the Burning Bridges Comedy Festival and the Burning Bridges Comedy Club. You can follow Derek uh, on Twitter at Brings the Ruckus, uh, at Brings the Ruckus, um, and the Burning Bridges Comedy Festival takes place uh, March 21st through the 24th um, uh, at various locations. And you can um, uh, you can look up Burning Bridges Festival on Facebook as well as Derek. What's the what's do you have an address for uh, for the site for the for the festival? Uh, Burning Bridges uh, Comedy Festival dot uh, com. You, that's perfect. Yeah, it, that's what know, I would have went with straight up. If you go to it, just look up Burning Bridges, <laughs> anything, it'll come up. It's very easy to find. It's all on the same website. It's like split off in like two halves. Yeah. It's got like a real diametric quality to it. And the night before, you can you can catch the collegiates and comedians. It's the opening show for the Burning Bridges Fest. It's a free show uh, with several comedians performing, including Natasha Ferrier, Alex Stip. Stipula, Stipula. I, I'm never very sure. Very good. Very good. I'm never sure. Hey, Sean Collier. Good. Uh, Helen Wildy and and more. Um, so that oh, it's hosted by Lorenzo De Silvio, who's very funny. We did a uh, we did a fundraiser when the Pittsburgh Current just started up, and Lorenzo was one of the comedians on that bill, and he's he's re- he's really funny. Oh, I love like, he's, yeah, he's really he's really good. And that show is at the William Pitt Student William Union. Pitt Student Union. So yeah. So that yeah, so that is the night before on the twentieth of March. You can check that show out. Um, so Derek, let's talk a little bit about the Burning Bridges Comedy Festival. Um, well, first let's talk a little bit about the Burning Bridges Comedy Club. That's okay. uh, something that you and John Dick Winters yes. um, and we were discussing whether we should call him John or Dick or John Dick. And you I, say go right to the Dick. You yeah, say. I said just go right to the Dick with that one. Uh, that could be our new catchphrase for the podcast. <laughs> go, go right, to, right the- to the Dick, right here, <laughs> Pittsburgh Bird. I'm live with Derek Minto, Bruce Valanche in an empty couch. <laughs> Uh, well, but, Bruce, uh, no, Bruce uh, Valanche would be a great get. Oh my god, I would, I would, I would stand outside the Sorgatron uh, media, media window. Uh, no, I knew it was media, but I wanted to see if I could add in another crowd word, and I couldn't. In time, uh, I would love that. But anyway, no, the comedy club. Uh, we don't have anything to do with Bruce Valanche. Unfortunately, we're trying to get him to just to show up and just right. come down with one of his amazing blouses. Uh, no, uh, the comedy club uh, is. I've been running a comedy that in at Hambones for about seven years. Right. Uh, and it's something I knew the owner from another place that I worked at. We worked together. And when he moved over there, he bought part of the voice. Like, do you want to come over and do stand up? And I was like, yeah. And over the years, we kind of built up a stage and slowly, but kind of surely, uh, we built an audience. We got lucky with a couple of things like, uh, Belvedere's caught on fire. Uh, and that sounds awful. Like I don't want ever, I love Belvedere's. I went over there and drank so many of their PBRs for a dollar. So many, uh, no, the uh, Thursday night in uh, Lawrenceville for a while was Belvedere's 80s night. Like, it was a huge... You yes. would get, like, 200 people. It was a great yeah. time. Like, I don't even like 80s music that much, even though I'm from there. And I I would still go because it was usually kind of fun time because hang out with a bunch of people. So, anyway, 
uh, that caught on fire like the first like year we were there. And people just wandered around Lawrenceville looking for something to do. And we had these big open windows and we had people on stage to like 12 or 1230. So people would just kind of wander and they're like, what is, what is this jackassery? Like, <laughs> and they'd usually see some bad stand up comedy uh, as is par for the course for an open mic. Right. And occasionally I'd trick some of those people to show up on a Saturday and see decent stand up comedy. Right. Not great, but decent, decent. Sometimes it was great. Uh, sometimes it was very decent. And I did that for a while. And eventually John, uh, John Dick was producing a lot of shows throughout the city, mm-hmm. uh, doing a bunch of other stuff. And he asked me about producing shows at Hambos. I said, absolutely. You know, more comedy there, the better. Like, it already become kind of a pot. Like, that open mic is crazy. Like, we still get, like, 40 or 50 comics a night. Wow. Uh, I mean, it's probably the biggest open mic uh, between here in Cleveland and Philadelphia. Like, it, there's nothing in between that even right. remotely compares. <laughs> right. Uh, and it's it's great. Like, I like running it. I like running it the way I do. Uh I get to host a lot, uh, which is fun for me. Uh, but so eventually this kind of room and that we got John doing producing comedy. Eventually we kind of joined together and we decided we want to do comedy there every weekend. I experimented mm-hmm. with it a little bit before I did like a whole month of comedy, uh, with mixed results. And I realized I couldn't do it by myself. Right. Uh, and John really, you know, John really approached me. I didn't approach John. Uh, and so basically make a long story short, you know, we talked to the owner and we took Saturdays and Sundays uh, and there's still actually there's still both music on Sundays, right? Uh, but right now, yeah, it's uh, we have two open mics during the week, and we have uh, Saturdays and Sundays right now. And um, you guys, I mean, you guys are bring you guys bring in. Um, I mean, there are local comedians, obviously, but they're also you guys bring in some. Uh, you guys bring in some great comedians who I don't think would that that Pittsburgh audiences they might not get a chance to see uh, otherwise. And, and I assume that that was obviously the point, or one of the points anyway, yeah. was to expose folks to. Um, different 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 artists and different brands of stand-up comedy yeah i mean me and john have both worked like i've worked in clubs uh john's worked in clubs uh and we both know what that experience can be like like um in that sometimes it's very much like they don't they they it's you know it's very much a three-man show there's a headliner and they don't really care who goes up in front of them right uh no, and like we've had experiences where it's just they use the same people over and over again Mm -hmm. and there's i mean pittsburgh literally stand-up scene pretty much evolved because there was only an improv. But because there was nothing else, there was a whole both improv and comedy scene that kind of came out of the city once the Funny Bones closed because right. it, it, there was nowhere else for it to go. And now there's like three comedy theaters. There's an independent stand-up club. Like, there's, and there's tons of locally produced stand-up in both theaters right. and regionally uh, that go on. Like, so it's been kind of nice uh, in that sense uh, that the way the Communities kind of spread out uh, from this club, but I think the the point that we really wanted to make was that there's lots and lots of great talent that's you will enjoy just as much as mm-hmm. watching a Comedy Central half hour if you just come down there and watch this guy. And it's so much better live. Yeah, like it's a completely different beast. Like you're live, like you're there, you're laughing with people. Like it's like the whole sensation of going to a movie and that's funny with other people who are laughing. Right. There's like. I I can still remember all the movie theaters I was at with a packed house and it was a funny movie and like everyone just losing their minds like that group experience like you really can't replicate it at right. home like unless you bring over like thirty of your friends and you have a really sick sound system bro <laughs> like I mean that's the only way I could think of that yeah that's um I think that I think that that's true seeing it with live audience and, and other people who are enjoying it is probably um 
true for a lot of different uh, mediums and entertainment. Although I never really got the appeal of, of, of porn theaters. Like I never got the appeal of like, I, I would think you wouldn't want to be around a lot of people in those, which is probably why they're not around anymore. But uh, yeah, well, I, I mean, I'm sure there's still some, right. like, I mean, I think most, most of those places, like, I think some dudes are just really into the, like, Hey, let's all go to this place and yeah. rub one out. Right. Uh, there's dudes who clearly they're way into that. And that's, that's right. Because, no matter, I don't know if it's fine, but that's what they do. <laughs> well, and no matter do. no matter what the film is, it, you can't beat movie theater popcorn. I mean, oh, so yeah. you, you can't replicate that at home. So, you know, you can't, you know. Yeah, we we have a device that comes very close, but it's still, you know, it's that special <laughs> yellow cake that the yellow cake mm. flour or whatever they used to make it extra golden. I don't know how they do that. So talk a little bit about uh, some of the acts you have coming uh, to the festival. Um, it, you are, uh, your headliner... Uh, for the event is Todd Berry. Yeah. Um, talk a little about Todd. Uh, Todod Berry is an amazing uh, New York yeah, comic. Yeah. Uh, he's worked all over the country. I I I worked with Todd uh, earlier uh, last year when he did the, the uh, Pittsburgh Comedy Festival. Mm-hmm. Uh, Todd is, I mean, he did an entire tour where he did crowd work uh, right. a couple years back, and that's actually one of the great things about what's going to be going on is the first show he's going to be doing his regular stand-up material. Right. And the second show he's going to be doing his crowd work set where he just all he mines all his material uh in bits from the audience. Wow, yeah. Uh Todd has this great dry delivery uh that is it's not it, I, I like to say it's like a New York dry. Right. Yeah. Uh it's not it isn't it isn't snooty necessarily uh but it's just a really great I you just really can't recreate him, you know. He he's just like legitimately funny. Uh, and he was great to talk to. I got to hang out with him a little bit after the uh, the festival, and he was very open. And like me and John talked to him about like him coming back. Yeah. Um. So uh, and there's still def there are, the first show sold out, but there's still definitely tickets uh, for the second show. And which one is the uh, which one is? I the- believe the second one's the crowd work show. Okay, great. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, I mean he's so 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 funny. Uh, I've seen him live maybe four times now. Mm-hmm. Uh. Like the first time I ever saw him, he played the Smiling Moose, like the upstairs. Yeah, uh, it was him, uh, Neil Hamburger, and Brandon Walsh. Uh, wow. It was a weird tour. Yeah, Neil Hamburger is. Yeah, uh-huh. I-, I watched Neil Hamburger walk like a third of the room within two minutes. It was amazing. That's amazing. Uh, um, yeah, I was thinking about Neil Hamburger. Now I'm throwing off a little. So, so who else? Who else are you looking forward to? Who else? Um. Give me a couple of local comedians and a couple of the of the touring comedians coming in that that uh, that you're excited about. Sure. Uh, well, uh, one of the comics that's uh, on the uh, on the collegiate community uh, Natasha Ferrer. Uh, hmm. I did a festival with her uh, back. In, I did the Cape Fear Comedy Festival with her a couple years back. Yeah. Uh, she's amazing. Um, there are, I mean, locals wise, Lorenzo will be mm-hmm. will be yeah. on the festival. Uh, Alex Homiak, like Paige uh, Plastic. Uh, and the thing that's nice is, you know, we get to invite a lot of locals yeah, uh, to be part of it. Uh, so we always get to pick, like, a huge variety. Uh, Susan Lawrence, uh, who's going to be on a couple of shows. Uh, she's incredibly funny. Uh, along with Ian McIntosh, yeah. uh, who's also a good friend of mine, but also uh, really, really funny. We actually, he was the first resident comic that we had uh, at Burning Bridges Comedy oh. Club. Uh, Ian McIntosh is also the subject of this week's This Tastes Funny. Oh. Um, so you can oh, check yeah. that out online. Um, again, actually, the whole crew, you, John Dick, and now, now Ian, you've all been uh, 
Y'all, you've all been in our This yeah. Tastes Funny feature. Yeah, and definitely two out of three of us really love eating food. So it's just like, oh, okay, I'll talk about comedy and eat noodles. That sounds fine. Yeah, that's what we always figured if we could we could lure out um, comedians and musicians if we offer a free meal. So yeah. It's always I didn't even know it was free. I thought we were going to have to go splitsies when I got it. I was like, okay, I'm ready. To, oh, I don't. All right, let's order 700 more pop stickers, please. They're on the house. Um, yeah, that's when, when John Dick and I, I think it was the second one we did. And, um, you know, we just had a. We just had a plate of food or a table full of food of just, you know. Oh, wow. Yeah. So that style. Oh, like, for, like yeah. you're doing like food. Family, for the food yeah, network. family, family or family little, style. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, talk a bit, a little bit about um, as we start to get wine down here. Uh, talk to me a little bit about why. Why do you guys feel that there was a need for the Burning Bridges Comedy Festival? Where, where did the idea come out of to do this festival? So, um. The festival in of itself, I think one of the things that attracted John to it was is Pittsburgh already had a kind of a stand-up and improv festival, mm-hmm. uh, which was uh, the Pittsburgh Comedy Festival. Actually, that, I, I helped found that one. Uh, and John, really, what he really wanted to do is he wanted to have just a straight stand-up comedy festival. Right. Like, uh, that just focused on the stand-up scene and bringing in local and national acts. I think John, uh, I think we were in the same place, too, at the same time. We both started traveling. Right. And getting in, like, eventually you get to a point where hopefully you have a good enough tape that you can submit to other festivals and go to different parts of the country and see what their scenes like. Yeah. Uh, and so me and him both, kind of the same time, I think we're really starting to see what the national like festival scene was like. Yeah. And was like, this is something we need in Pittsburgh because making more people aware of the city and the scene will make it more likely that people will try to travel through here or try to find work or they will have the right ways to get work. Right. Because if you tell one person, they're like, hey, dude, you said it. When someone asks online, like, does anyone know comics from Pittsburgh? Be like, hey, I know this one guy. He's this sloppy son of a bitch named Derek Minto. <laughs> they said him to me, and I might not be able to help him out, but then I could send them to somebody else. Right. So it's just, it's networking, basically. And do you think, how much do you think the Pittsburgh scene has, uh, you've been doing this, you said nine years. How much has the Pittsburgh comedy scene developed in that, just that time, do you think? I mean, it's, so the, uh, there was a time where it was definitely, Back in the nineties in the Aussie, right. like there was definitely a well-established scene. We had funny bones with this and that. And there was very much this dip. Like when I started doing stand-up, like the thing you would do was you would do stand-up here for a couple years and then you'd leave. Right. Like you just had to go somewhere else, like because there was nothing else. And I think it wasn't until there was a bunch of comics that kind of sat down and finally one, I think, were able to connect over the internet. Right. The internet, I really like. It sounds like a really silly thing to say, of course, but like it really made it much easier to find stand-up comic event, stand-up comedy events, and other comics in to kind of coalesce and talk. And stand-up is very much, you know, a selfish act, right? Uh, but it, the thing is, is comics were, have become, a lot, I think, a lot more willing to work together and to kind of show everyone, you know, the basic steps. Yeah. Of this. So other younger comics aren't as nearly annoyed when you have to watch them in an open mic. Uh, that's that's the plan. Make them less annoying. <laughs> Uh, but you know, I mean, I think the scene's really grown, like in terms of like, but, and not even just the stand-up comedy scene, like all the, like the comedy scene, like both like improv, like three, three going from zero theaters to three theaters, like in the past, like eight, eight years is right. pretty crazy. Um, and like, I mean, the stand-up comedy scene definitely deserves, uh, well, an independent club, like the improv, there's nothing wrong with the improv, like sure. the improv, uh, it's just that, but they're very much a corporate entity. They just right. do, they have these certain level of acts and they have this thing and they just aren't that interested in building a community. Uh, they don't need to. Right. Uh, they just employ comics and that's it. Right. And they've got uh, an audience built in. So yeah. It's, yeah. But we want to, sh- yeah, we want to be able to showcase uh, everyone else. 
uh, and show off like what's really going on in the city. Like there's a lot of people working really hard. Yeah. Uh, and we just want to show off the best stand up we can. How, how's the, how's the club? If you found you guys have found that the club has been successful, it's been uh, you guys are happy with the results thus far. Generally, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no. I mean, it's always easy. To, it's always easy to be super critical. Um, you know, we always have ups and downs. Like we le- we've learned a lot. Sure. Uh, like how to advertise things. Sometimes it just doesn't matter what we do. Right. Uh, people aren't going to really show up. Like we're we've started to get repeat customers, which is great. Uh, we've started. Uh, and the thing that's nice is the way we have partnered up, we don't have a lot of overhead. Uh, so we can really just focus on what we're doing. Like right. we don't have to really manage the, you know, the whole building or the rest of the restaurant. We don't have to deal with any of that stuff. We just focus on programming. You do. That's great. Uh, and you know, just making it, hopefully the show be good. Right. Uh, that's the plan is for it to be good. It, it'd be great. So. What, what will be great is the Burning Bridges Comedy Festival, March 21st to the 24th. You can go online to burningbridgesfestival.com or also you can look for their Facebook page um, for all of the locations, all of the comics who are coming. And then the night before on March 20th at the Pitt Student Union is the Collegiates and Comedians uh, opening show for the festival. Um, a lot of great comedians there, including the uh, aforementioned Natasha Ferrier, Helen Wildey, Sean Collier. Um, and Ramon Rivas too. Oh, I believe Ram- he's on that one. Um, he maybe was was a late ad. Yeah, some list, but um, but anyway, it's it's a great festival. You should definitely go out. You should check it out. Um, Derek Minto, thanks a lot for uh, coming in today. Absolutely, thanks for saying all that stuff. As I didn't have to. That was awesome, man. <laughs> I really thought I, I was sitting in the car freaking out thinking I was gonna have to say all this, and I'm like. 27th, 20th, <laughs> it's, it's, it's four days after the, no, seven days after the Ides of March. I don't, anyway, yeah, I, I don't, I'm I don't, glad you said I don't dive yet. in that deep. Um, yeah. all I do want to say, I was, so I was doing my research and I was looking up the, the festival and you, um, did you also know that there is a top rated, um, blue chip, uh, hockey prospect from Canada named Derek Minto? I, uh, did, uh, and I just like to let you know, Derek, that I own DerekMinto.com. <laughs> and if you want even a finger on that, I'm going to tell you right now, you better come at me, dog, with all your hockey sticks. That's right. I've watched all six seasons of Letter Kenny, so I know I'm up on my hockey stuff. Ferda! With that note, this has been the Pittsburgh Current Podcast. Check out the uh, PittsburghCurrent.com and uh, check us on our socials at Current. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll see you next week. This show is a member of the Sorgatron Media Podcast Network. Find out more at sorgatronmedia.com.